Hey, you ever listen to stock radio? Ever listen to stock radio on Weeb? for this show. Listeners and co-hosts equally, because this is a mix of the Potstock Radio we've always had. We were always a little bit advocacy and a little bit financial cannabis. Tonight we've got three guests, one of which, beginning the show in about 15 minutes, Nick Brusator, Afinor Growers, also just a guy who really believes in growing plants internally, like inside of buildings to feed the world. Instead of using the same crops that we have the same runoffs and the same pesticides because they're grown outside, he believes we can save the world and feed the world by growing indoors. So for us at Potstock Radio, because of course we're mostly pot related, I'm glad that he wants to grow lettuce for starving people in Africa, but I also think the guy knows a lot about growing pot indoors compared to the outdoor grows. So having Nick on at the beginning and Jordan glad to have a guy who is involved in growing daily. So I'm taking it. Is this the guy you are most interested to talk to tonight uh, over? I'm actually yeah, very interested to talk to Nick tonight. Um, just to see how deep he's dug into using this technology in the cannabis industry okay. and how much he's kind of just got on the surface right now. I know he's growing some amazing strawberries and is using the um, circular motion of the, of the technology and the instrument to um, help with pollination issues and stuff like that. So I'm anxious to see. Um, is he actively using that with cannabis? How much of that is actually going on with cannabis and what kind of yields are they seeing? And So I don't know the answer to that, but he's in Canada compared to us being down here in the United States where it's legal in Canada. So if, if he really has the ability to grow, he should already be growing cannabis, which I believe he is. Yeah, I'm sure he is. That's what I want to know is like, great. Same. Yeah, you can grow awesome lettuce. Does that work for yeah. marijuana the way it works for lettuce and strawberries? Yeah, will the setup be able to feed the nutrient programs of exactly. a cannabis plant? Yep. like that. It's a different plant. And also to see how Canada and how the whole uh, – Canada. and how the health mm. Canada and how the licenses movement's going and how quick, quickly they're expecting that to be rolled you know full force. I like to hear about that too because I've been hearing about it for two and a half years now, and it's always interesting to hear people talk about how MMPR works in 2016 going into 17 compared to how it was working in 2014, where yep. I know at that time 
it was just a bottleneck. Yeah. Applications were All going in. Everybody was getting either denied or they weren't getting back to them. So I would be interested to hear the MMPR license process now compared to a couple of years ago. I also want to hear from Nick when I talk to him on the phone because I talk to all of our guests or most of our guests, especially when they're like CEOs are working for a company. Talk to them a little bit prior to the show just to get an idea of what they are trying to talk about. Plus to explain to them, you know, like, look, I'm going to ask you everything and you answer or you don't answer. So Nick is big on the C-71 law in Canada, which is – I've got to be honest with you. It was a little bit over my head, but bottom line is he believes that everyone's waiting for marijuana to go from Schedule 1 to Schedule 2 so they can start selling pot and selling joints, and no one's going to be able to sell a rolled product without going through tobacco companies or a company like he's trying to set up that will do what the tobacco companies need to endorse for you to sell joints. i got to ask you guys because I'm thinking of this as a 42-year-old guy, but I need to know from guys in their young 20s like you guys are. Does anybody smoke joints anymore? Like, Of course. They do? Yeah, of course. Really? Yeah, but we, we're definitely adding, like, oils to it, you know. But does that – like, I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen anyone roll a joint. Everyone seems to smoke Bowls, bongs, vaporizers, oh, no, there's glass, edibles. There's glass filters for joints now, too, and all that. Yeah. Oh, so they got fancy on me. See, yeah. I, was, I really thought, like, when he's going, oh, no one's going to be able to roll a joint. I'm like, that's like saying no one can use a monocle or a pocket watch. Like, who, everyone just looks, a monocle's a one-eye glass, like they used to use back in the 1800s. Like, Monopoly guy. who does, right, the Monopoly guy, who does that anymore? Just like... That's what I felt like joints had become. So apparently that's not the case. No, they actually have um, joint rolling competitions that are becoming very popular as of the past year or so. Really? I mean, people oh, yeah. rolling dragons I, and guitars. To, that's and, what I was going to say. Is it just about like who rolls the perfect joint? No. Nope. It's art of art. Yeah, it takes like hundreds of hours for some of them and thousands of papers. And they're selling for six, seven hundred, a thousand plus dollars for a joint. Yeah, to get from one, one of these joint, joint artists. It had two ounces in it, and it was like a replica of Bob Marley's head. It was pretty sweet. But that would be one of those things that if you buy it, how do you smoke it? Like, oh, no, it's you can't smoke Bob Marley's head. Now you just got to sit two ounces of weed in the corner and look at it like a trophy. Okay, they always smoke it. That's what happens. Then the party happens where it's that, just like those Jordan shoes that will never come out of there until one late night party and we're playing basketball in my Jordan shoes. That'll be your two-ounce Bob Marley joint. So that's guest number one. We've got uh, Nick Bruce. It's our previous guest. I hope, by the way, this time, I hope he remembers that it's 8.15 p.m. he's calling in. Because this was my guest who called me on a Sunday morning, panicked at 6 a.m. because he couldn't get on the call. And I said, Nick, dude. Like, no, it's, it's p.m. you're supposed to be calling in. And I had to remind him, like, yes, we're a financial show. But we're also a bunch of potheads. No one's up at 8.30 a.m. listening to us talk about pot stocks. So Nick hopefully will be calling in tonight at 8.15. Then we've got two other guests. I'm going to roll the dice with these guys. we got Matt Myrna and NJ Weedman, Ed Forshian. Both awesome dudes. Both a little bit out there when it comes to calling in and calling in on time. So these are both people who have – uh, let's call it slept through the show because I don't know what they were doing when they didn't call in. I'm, I can guess it wasn't sleeping, but it was doing something that might have been uh, smokable. 
So they on the ball though this time. So I've been I've been all day Twitter messaging with them, making sure we are getting Ed Forshian calling as our last guest at nine fifteen, and then Matt Myrna calling in at about eight forty five. So I'll keep an eye out on the callers in the meantime. So I already know Jordan's of the three guests we're talking to tonight. Sounds like you're most excited to talk to Nick Brusator because you're a grower. He's a grower. You got a lot in common. Kenny, who are you most excited to talk to tonight? Uh, NJ Weedman. All right. You know, fighting the case, you know, he's an activist and all that. Big time activist and has been fighting the case for a while. By the way, if, you, if you're a fan of NJ Weedman, if you've seen his Scooby-Doo type van driving down a New Jersey highway, the guy really is trying to help not just New Jersey, but the United States realize that they're just keeping a plant away from people that could help. So if you can, donate a couple of bucks to the guy's legal fund. He does really yeah, real. awesome. Like he's out there trying to get arrested so he can get the word out about what he thinks is wrong that's being held back from people. Help the guy out. Kick him a couple bucks. If you're not in New Jersey, kick him a couple bucks. If you're in New Jersey, go spend 20 bucks at the joint. His restaurant across – he could have put a restaurant anywhere in New Jersey. Where does Ed put a restaurant? Across the street from the Capitol building in Trenton. To pretty much say it's called The Joint. I want to say most of his – from what I remember, a lot on his menu happened to be $4.20. Yeah. So he's pretty much putting it out there like I believe in this right across the street from the people who know it's right, approved it medically – and are really making it difficult for the right people to get access to it. A lot of states have medical programs, but the government still will say that there's no medicinal value with marijuana. But Way worse than that. Not only are there medical programs now in more states, by the way, than there's not medical programs. If you do research, the government owns patents, like 20 different patents related to cannabis. So why yeah. would they have patents towards something that they're already allowing to be used medically – when it has no medical benefit at all. It's like, you know, cannabis and the government. I'm not a like a, a hate the government guy. I think we need government. Countries, you know, we, we've got a crappy government in ways, but it's the best crappy government out there. So I'm not a hate the government guy, but that's the one that makes me go, wait, so you guys are really going to stick with Adderall is okay. You turn crank into a drug for kids. But you're not going to give them a plant that can stop them from having seizures. Like the hip, the hip hypocrisy in that is ridiculous. So, yep, and that's just the surface level of the uh, hypocrisy in this industry right now. But yep. um, it's going to be very interesting to see. I mean, I, I think as soon as uh, Mr. Christie is is gone from this state, we'll see New Jersey go recreational. Um, <sighs> uh, you know what? I hope that's the case. But first of all, remember where if Christie leaves, he's going to a bigger spot in politics. I hope he leaves his grip on Jersey, but I just have a feeling that when he said not on my watch, he doesn't mean, hey, if I become something bigger, it's not going to be on my watch anymore. I hope that the next person who becomes our governor hates Christie as much as the rest of Everyone people seem does. to, that they just want to anti whatever Christie said. I hope that's the case because I've been saying for two and a half years it could save Atlantic City. There's a lot that recreational pot could do in New Jersey. I unfortunately don't say it. Well, hopefully a little bit of the news I've heard with Trump distancing himself from Christie really? will play true. Hmm. 
And it's not just because they went belly to belly. Uh, no, <laughs> belly to belly. The bridge gate scandal here uh-huh. apparently has both of them saying that they're disgusted with each other. Um, so who knows if Chrissy will play a role in that administration whatsoever. <laughs> Hopefully not. Ooh, ooh, it's funny because we're here in New Jersey. That they're disgusted with each other. Like they had some type of relationship or something. It's, I, I just wonder as New Jerseyans. Are we now hoping that Trump has a change of mind so he takes him out of New Jersey? Or are you like me going, I don't want him to have more of a grip on cannabis all across the country? Well, I would say Jeff Sessions is going to be uh, a bigger issue to worry about as far as this industry goes mm-hmm. compared to Chris Christie. Um, he's obviously, I don't think, on board whatsoever. Are you uh, just a hater? He is definitely a hater. But um, – Trump seems to be semi on board with the states have a right and they can execute how they would like to. Um, but if Sessions isn't on board with that, I'm not sure which direction it could go. Could always go the wrong way. Nick, who you want to hear from tonight? Who are you interested to talk to? Um, I think it'll be cool to speak to the NJ Weedman just because I've been following him for a pretty long When you time. say follow him, you mean on Route 55 going south, or you mean just checking him out on Twitter and seeing what he's up to? Nah, you know, I've just been hearing about him for the past couple of years. So I, uh, and one time I just happened to see his van driving on one of the highways, so I started uh, looking into him. You know, I don't believe he always goes about things the right way, but I do believe in what he stands for. Me too. And by the way, the other guy we're having on that we haven't talked about, Myrna, Matt Myrna, he is the NJ Weed Man of all of Canada. Yeah, I, I read a little bit about that. I mean, I didn't, I didn't read the Vice article last time we talked to Myrna. So I knew Myrna as the guy who ran for – he ran for – Governor of Toronto or Mayor of Toronto? Mayor, I believe. Mayor of Toronto? Like, he, he really was trying, and, and he knew he wasn't going to win, but he was willing to try to become mayor just to prove the point, which another guy who got tired of getting arrested. Matt Myrna got arrested, got arrested. Finally, his lawyer said, look, this is bullshit. You've got so much wrong with you that the fact that they're stopping you from doing this, let's take it all the way to the top. They let Rob Ford, they should let Myrna in office in Canada. Right. I think so. That's what we were saying. Cause you got my vote if I'm out there. Myrna was trying to become mayor as Ford was leaving. So it was like, come on. You already took a guy who admittedly yeah, did coke. On video. On video. crack. Right. He smoked crack on video. Myrna grows pot to help with really serious yeah. issues. Like he's not going, hey, my tummy he's hurts. not partying. No. You know? I mean, listen, wait. Let me stop that. You don't know Matt Myrna yet. (laughs) Yes, Matt Myrna is partying, but he's partying to also medicate himself. All right, no further ado. We do not have to wait any longer for our first guest. We've had him on before, although now he apparently knows it's PM. Welcome back to Potstock Radio. Nick Brusator, how are you tonight? I'm good, guys. I'm good. Very good, man. How are you out in British Columbia? Yeah, we're good. Uh, things are. Uh, we've had a little dusting of snow, and uh, but which we're not used to too often. But uh, it's it's good. We're we're very excited about a lot of things on our front, which I'm looking forward to telling you guys about. I'm interested to hear about it. British Columbia seems to be that place where why does anyone live in the United States when we can live there? Have you lived there your whole I- life? 
ever any other part I, of Canada that you've thought about moving to? I've lived in British Columbia my whole life. I, I was uh, born in Alberta, but uh, lived in British Columbia my whole life. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was listening to you guys on your Trump thing. If I could just chime in a little bit on the Trump thing as Go a Canadian. Ahead. Um, you know what? There's only one man in the United States that could have pulled off what he did, and it's him. And I got a feeling that Trump's into money. And what I'm going to tell you tonight about the tobacco industry, Trump wants taxes, and he wants to pay for a medical system and supplement a medical system. Then he needs to charge and go class two with marijuana and collect all of the taxes and get the price way down on this product so there's more room for tax revenue to supplement your medical system with the new policies that he's going to come out with. That's what I think he's and going I to do. And I hear you there. Like, I hear guy. you there, Nick, and I know, I know Trump's all about money, but that's a big, uh, big undertaking. Like you can't just go, hey, now I'm president, so now I'm going to make pot legal so that we can collect tax revenue from it. Like the president yeah, doesn't Yeah, some states have... are on board and some states aren't, right? And it's, it's a federal thing. So what do you think Trump will do to ease – the you know to to ease the requirements needed for states are you thinking or do you think federally no, Trump is going there's to only one, there's only one there's only one thing to do gentlemen and I'll tell all of North America this and I'm gonna, it'll allude to my conversation with the tobacco industry which I am definitely associated with and okay. closing a deal with um, but the reality is is Class 2 represents an appropriate distribution. It's federal taxation. The system has already been built under FDA. It doesn't need to be a Class 1 narcotic. It's being produced everywhere. If you want the true read on the actual recreational smoker, turn it into a white-collar Wall Street cowboy-type package of cigarettes and get them into the liquor stores where they're sold or anywhere where Booze is sold under, under, you know, ID conditions with governed by bylaws. Different states will have different bylaws. I get it. But the federal taxation, and I'm citing the case with Primetime, which is a cigarette company, which was classified as a cigar company and then got, then got taxed as a cigarette company and a lot of tax. So we're dealing with a federal tobacco industry and alcohol industry that the SKUs are already developed. We've already spent billions putting this program together. Why do we want to screw around with marijuana? I understand that everybody's producing it and it's a great industry. I get it. But along, just as long as everybody understands one thing and what's moving in for the kill, the booze, the tobacco boys, I'm telling you right now, they're going to be hunting when it goes class two to produce that stuff everywhere in every other country that's dying to sell us cheap, microbial-tested, beautiful, 11 to 15% tested marijuana for rolled cigarettes. Tax, and if it's 50 cents a gram, lots of room for taxation. That's what they're looking for right. in the bigger play. They're going to let society it's- grind it right down to the pin, and then they're going to set it all up for it's all about the taxes, guys. All right, so I, I vaguely hear what you're saying, but it, you're, you, I'm not understanding exactly what you're saying that the tobacco companies are going to do to the cannabis industry. So 
Give us a little bit of a background on what's going on in tobacco and then how that's going to spill over into cannabis. Sure. Here's my job. This is what my new job is going to be. Aside from positioning Athenor in the tobacco production game with the marijuana cigarettes, okay? Because that's my job as well. But my job for this tobacco company is to create a, a, a distribution center under class two for rolled marijuana cigarettes and get as many even private labelers branded. Like for starting on class one right now, I'm going to have to go out and try to do deals with all of these LPs, most of which hate me because they think I'm, you know, out of my mind, I think. But I mean, you I say, wait, wait, five. Because listen, Nick, I, I want people to understand what you're saying. So when you're making deals with these limited partnerships, it's because they need you. Why? I don't think people well, listening understand. Sure. They don't necessarily need us right now. But what we can okay. offer them is if under their licenses, we could offer them rolled branded cigarettes because we're setting up shop to roll all of this stuff for Canada and perhaps the U.S. Okay. when ready. So Got we're going to charge $0.08 cents a gram to roll a 20-pack pack of cigarettes, 12.5 grams in a pack, and 10 in a carton, and we will brand them for them. They can ship us the weed. Okay. We'll roll it, package it. Per gram, it'll all be weighed under their licenses and guidelines. We'll obviously, we're applying for a handling license, which we can get very quickly with a through an LP, which we're in discussions. Uh, and, and, and they get to, to shoot out a new novelty product for guys perhaps like me. And I take the fifth on that because I don't want Mr. Trump, you know, when he builds the wall to hear that I've ever smoked pot in my life. But the reality <laughs> He's is... giving you a K. <laughs> I get a pass on the show. Um, yeah. But the reality yeah. is... You're on is, you know, Okay. Um, but the reality is, is we're, you know, we're looking at um, uh, to, to pre-roll these products for these LPs put them, so they can put them on the market because they're the ones that are allowed to sell it right now. And people, I think, will enjoy the fact that it's clean, it's tested, which I know they got, but it's already rolled, and it's, you don't have to sit in the middle of a goddamn living room and look like some cretin with a bag of weed and people looking at you like you're putting together your next fix. It just looks bad, in my opinion, as a professional. That's all I see. And I don't mean that as any disrespect, because... No, hey, I hear you. I'm, and, and it just... It's, this is about making us all look good, right? And collecting the taxes. So here we are. We've got, a, we've got a bit of, we've cleaned it up a little bit, right? We're getting ready for some federal taxation because they're going to make their move, I can assure you. And you've got, a, you've got a, these LPs who have spent a lot of money. God bless them. They've, they've worked hard. They've got some of the best marijuana growers. I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm honored to talk to ones that I am in conversations with. I'm honored to talk to them. It's not a, this is not a me coming in and I want to be a threat or, or have an attitude. I actually want to try to help them. And, uh, and, and I have technology, obviously, through Athenor that, you know, when the going gets tough and you've got to get real dirty and nasty and produce it cheap to be competitive because, as they were discussing on BNN, um, you know, there's a bit of a price war that's starting to happen here, okay? So here we are. We're in a price war, and we're in this market that's quite uh, inflated, in my opinion, in some companies, 
Athenor being undervalued, of course, because we're not just marijuana. Like, we're into strawberries. We're into food. And I'll tell you one thing. We're into it big. You know, Athenor has got some wonderful things that we are working on. That I'm, I was going to ask that you know, later. You know, but since you, you brought it up. Okay. Yeah, well, but, now, since you brought it up, I was going to ask you. Currently, what percentage of Athenor's revenue is coming from cannabis compared to strawberries or other things that you guys can grow vertically? Well, right now, um, we're, in the, we're in a bit of a holding pattern with a company called D&G, which I saw in a tweet that somebody asked you to ask me, so I'm going to answer that for them. Also on and my thank list. You for, Good call, Nick Brusator. Yeah, no, I'm paying attention, I, and I'm paying. Trust me, I'm paying. <laughs> paying and paying uh, attention. All right. The, uh, the uh, D&G is a company that I own 50% of, okay? And I want, you know, all the stockhouse people and everybody to hear this loud and clear. I own 50% of D&G. It's awaiting its marijuana license. The last conversations I had were with my guys, and they got a letter from Health Canada, and, and it looks like they're going to be inspected and moving forward and things are moving along. Health Canada's, you know, obviously starting to, you know, make things happen. So when that happens, I don't know. It's not hinging. My life is not hinging on it. And when it does happen, and I'm sure it will, um, it automatically transacts into Athenor. They own it. Now, whether or not Athenor wants it or they want to put it into the tobacco industry thing that I'm working on for us all. Um, that what do you mean they own it? What do you mean Athenor owns it, Nick? Well, it's in a long time ago when we did the deal with D&G. I owned okay. D&G with my partners. We sold it to Athenor, but it was under the okay. old license. And, 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 and to my mistake, okay, this is, a, this, is a, this is a guy taking credit for a mistake. I got them to buy it, and unfortunately the revenues from it are in cash. And we couldn't deposit the revenues from it in Canada because it's not a federal producer. It was under the old medical license, and it still is. Okay. So um, the guys running it and my buddies, they're, they're, they're making money, and they're, they're doing their job for the patients, and they, you know, they're, 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 they're doing a wonderful job. But the unfortunate thing is our auditors would not allow us to um, um, sign off because we couldn't clarify how much cash was there on that we couldn't deposit it so we had to unravel that transaction i had to give back all the stock which we did and then we had to we left the agreement where when they get the license it immediately transacts into Athenor for the five million shares or whatever the hell it was and that's the end of it and i own 50 percent of it and i can tell you that i'm going to make sure that happens if in fact and when they get their license and that's the truth that's just a flat out truth you can look back at the history of the filings of the company and see there's no there's this is this is this is there's no uh i have no reason to hype or or bs anybody it's just facts now does that stop me from anything absolutely not um in fact it's quite exciting okay great dng they get it they don't get it whatever you know thc you know i'm sorry i tweeted that thc the equipment's ready to ship it is. Okay. Somebody asked. It is. It's just waiting. And when it ships, I guess they'll, they'll put out a press release. 
But it's all ready to go on Aftoners front. We're good to go. It's built. We just went and dropped off another machine at the Fraser Valley University today as you at the John Vulcan Institute, the second one, as you saw in the press release perhaps um, that just happened at the end of the market. And, uh, you know, um, I just, uh, and some of the berry stuff that we're working, I've just been given the green light. Uh, we will be digging here very soon for the strawberry facility, which I got to tell you guys, it's wonderful, and I am looking forward to making Chris Perry a believer. <laughs> Chris is Chris is not a believer. You know what? I know no, Chris. And he's, Chris. He's, no, no, he's a Nick hater. That's all right. There's a whole bunch of there's a whole fistful of mo there that I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> every every former or current CEO related to the cannabis industry has their haters. Chris seems to be a guy who just doesn't believe all the pieces fit together is what it seemed like uh yeah. you know reading some you know of the what? stuff he said chris is a smart guy and we banter back and forth it's kind of a, a love-hate relationship in a sense because i'm one of these guys you love to hate him no i don't hate him i don't love okay. him either one of those things right. <laughs> But we do have sit down, and I could easily have a beer with the man, and uh, he's a nice enough fellow, and I respect him. Um, he, he goes off on tangents. He, he can be a little rough on me, but I can guarantee you nobody's feeling sorry for me. <laughs> but right. I'll tell you what. I'm $4 million into this company, and I just bought this land for a million. million. Five, wait, I'm wait. spend another couple wait. of million. Your, your skin in this is $4 million of your own personal money. You're not saying like stock that you've given back. No. You've asked. Look back to the Holy I shit, Nick. I, put I exercised $880,000 at 40 cents for warrants way back when. I've, I just put the last 100000 in for the PP for, for, the, for the boys. Hey, and I want to say one thing. It's just people are sort of saying things about our company on Stockhouse and these various places, and they seem to have a, ah. a very free-flowing mouth. My CEO, Jarrett Molnarek and Mark mm-hmm. T. Brown, CEO and the CFO of this company, it hurts my feelings to hear people when they're saying things about the company because those are two of the two most honest men that you'll ever meet, and they do a fantastic job. We've brought the burn rate way down. Just, right. just know this. Anyone who says anything on Stockhouse or iHub, all they're really yeah. looking to do, either they're on the side where they own it and they want the stock to go up, or they're on the side where they're shorting it and they want the stock to go down. I almost never hear anyone say anything of true belief in iHub unless it's a newbie just going, hey, how do I figure stuff out? So whenever you read something uh, nasty – Someone says on one of those sites, know that they're either pumpers or dumpers, and they're just trying to get your stock to do one or the other thing. Is that doesn't mean you shouldn't. Doing? Yeah, doesn't mean you shouldn't look internally. Sometimes see? I. Yeah, sometimes I they say stuff that's people... true. <laughs> yeah, I feel sorry yeah. for people that read that stuff that don't understand because Afinor and those people, they're wonderful people, and they work extremely hard for that company. And I'll tell you what. They don't let me do anything out of turn, out as, as far as screwing around with that company. This is high governance going on, and there's some high-profile deals going on in that company. And I'll tell you what, there's no way in hell they're going to let me screw it up. So, so any Appenor shareholders listening right now, you can count on Jared as the CEO. He's a very good man. So explain to people listening who've heard you on Potstock Radio before – 
What happened with Afinor that made you step down from CEO and now be VP of Corporate Development? Well, what I did is that because I own so much of the stock and, and I own companies that own the stock, a lot of it, and we're, and I had to kind of my liability and my ability to finance got a little bit hands tied based on my balance sheet. So what I did is I stepped away from the game. I've got extremely good board, extremely good management. Um, and this way, I'm able to take all of my holdings and my company's holdings and the land that I own and, you know, shit, whatever else I got, okay? I don't want to go too deep into my own personal assets, but I have the ability to Shit, because I'm going to in a minute. Okay? And, and I don't want to dilute Afinor anymore. So I'm doing this. I stepped away from the board so that we could finance this most amazing, the most amazing technological uh, strawberry facility that anybody's ever seen before, okay? And, and oh. I'm financing that. And I'm using my family's assets, my personal assets, to get it done at no dilution of Athenor. And people, um, people are starting to understand now. You know, you'll see the stock move. You'll see. And we're, we're going to be the vertical farming company of the future, I can assure you. And, um, and you know, the, the reality is, is, is uh, I care about my shareholders. And my passion is food and growing plants. Marijuana is just another plant to me. And when the reality of the market comes into check with that and the reality uh, numbers roll in that it's what it's really worth when, when the whole world's producing it, like everything else, the whole world produces strawberries. They all produce lettuce. Yeah. The whole world produces Pot's anything not, they can. Pot's right. not produced Pot's everywhere not yet. 20 times harder to produce. So why does it cost 20 times more? I agree. Exactly. My point. You're just talking to a good old Canadian farmer boy, all right? That that yep. that just wants to launch his stuff, and that I believe I can grow plants cheaper than anybody in the world, everywhere in the world. And so that's why I have this attitude. So I apologize to a lot of people that think that I I I I, I you know I know it all or some, whatever. But I've been doing this in the vertical farming space probably the, one of the longest guys in the world. Okay. And, and I've spent millions and millions of dollars learning what the hell not to do, okay? And I'm very excited to share that knowledge, but through Afinor's technology, because Afinor owns the IP, and it's globally patented, both designs. They own them. But was it For the your record, patent? not 22 million, okay? Was that your patent that you sold to Afinor, or was yeah. that something Afinor developed without you? Okay. No. Vertical Designs is an engineering firm company that I own, and it owns, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a large shareholder. I'm not on the board of it anymore either because I needed to be able to finance this facility without having to do anything to our market. And the way that I've done things is all for the shareholders of Athenor. And, hey, one more thing. Everything I do with this new tobacco company, trust me, it's all about technology and the, the ability to mass-produce plants cheap with replication data. Oh, and one more little thing. My tobacco company guys that I'm with, we're going to be donating some of our money, um, each package of cigarettes of our profits, uh, to cancer. Um, because Very cool. it's the tobacco industry. And, and, and because of the replication data that the Athenor equipment can do, um, and, and harvest, 
uh, we believe, based on the fact that I was the chairman of the Applied Research Board for BCIT for a few years, and I've done a lot of extractions with, you know, other plant species for leukemia and cancer and all kinds of stuff. You know, we're very excited about replication data that we will achieve working with these LPs with our technology and our software and the downloadability in order to share information very quickly around the world. We're also able to do that with all of our food. We're mechanically pollinated strawberries. We have zero water wastes. We're organic. And mechanically pollinated. Wait, stop. Mechanically pollinated strawberries. Just quick. I don't want you to get all. We're not growers, or at least we got one person who is here. But just explain to me, mechanically pollinated. Mechanically pollinated strawberries. Our big towers are 20 feet tall. They have 16 okay. arms each. There's 10 levels. Okay, a thousand watts per level. The light utilization is as amazing. Wait till you guys see this. And um, the the it, there's sweepers at every level. So when the plants rotate, they rotate through the sweepers, the microfibers that completely sweep the pollen. Because on a strawberry plant, the female and the male pollen is all on the same flower. So it's very easy to pollinate them through sweeping. You see, and and uh, and and it's it's a clean. Uh, 99% pollination rate. So, you know, because the bees were dying and I was starting to think like, holy shit, the bees are dying. What are we going to do for us? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm seven right. years into strawberries now in research. <laughs> so, you know, here's, here's where we're at. I got about 17 years of research into plant growth, physiology, engineering design. You've seen a lot of stuff I've designed in very large movies. And I just want to get this job done for my shareholders of Asino. I love them all. I'm very excited. And I am, uh, uh, I can't tell you how passionate I am. And I just tell the market, please don't mistake my passion for arrogance. It's all passion. I am doing this because I believe in what I'm doing. And I'm writing the checks right now to pay for this facility personally. I don't hear much arrogance in your voice, Nick. That that definitely isn't something that comes across. Like you seem like a good old farm dude. Um, and, and I I say this to potential or current investors. By the way, want to remind everyone who's listening: Potstock Radio is not trying to tell you whether or not to buy or sell any security. We just interview people, get the information out, so they can do their own research and make their own decision before they buy or sell any security. But I go, I always look for people who have skin in the game. And when I've got, I'm talking to someone who has four million dollars of their own money invested. And correct me if I'm wrong. I did some, and I know you say you don't want to talk about your personal assets earlier. Well, Eric did some Google Earthing of some real estate and a property that you sold that was like the dream home for everybody, Nick. It was the place in British Columbia that looked like Hugh Hefner and some playmates should live there. And then I saw the new place you bought, and it's like – it looks like a southern New Jersey farm that's growing shit and not the kind of place that I'd want to – yeah, so tell me me about that. And and I'm glad you did that because you know what? You know what? I I, I bought that house. I made a ton of money. The Vancouver market took off. And I needed to do something because all I did is feel like a big asshole at a big fancy house. My guest house was a beautiful home, you know, and I just felt like a big old asshole in a fancy home that needed to do something to prove what I really stood for in my career. And that's what me and my family discussed. And we said, let's just dump the mansions, 
let's just get into a farm where we can do this for the shareholders and I can build my dream and finish my job. And I've got Porsches and Aston Martins and all the rest of the shit. I don't post it everywhere because I, I, don't, I don't really give a goddamn about any of it. I focused hard to build what we're building so that I can achieve okay. things for very large corporations that are depending on me right now. Okay. John, change the world the green way. Because I'm going, why, Nick? Like, you, you already, if you're already a rich dude who already has the, you know, beautiful house that your guest house would be something that I would live in forever, why are you doing, like, explain to people who are listening why you have this passion. Like, where does it come from that would make you give up enough money that most people would never have to work again just to try and make something happen? You know what it is? I, 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 I started this 17 years ago with some folks out of Boston and I shot my mouth off 17 years ago that I'm going to produce strawberries better than anybody. And big, big people actually believe me. <laughs> so they're still got their guns to my head to get it done. <laughs> Smokers is like, dude, where's these strawberries, Nick? You've been talking about them for yeah, years. Yeah, pretty much. You know, they're basically like, you know, Nick, who are you? Who is Nick Versator? Is he a is he a big loudmouth, or is he a guy that's actually going to do what he says he's going to do for us? Right? And and I don't want to be a big loudmouth. I want to do the job for people, and I've got the job done. I just have to finish it a little bit, polish it up, and we're good to go. And I put good, good people in place in Africa. I can assure you, so honest, the burn rate's low. Nobody's going to screw around with nothing. There's so many big guns watching. I understand that, and I respect that. And I respect all brought the small shareholders. That, brought up another thing that makes me have to get a Twitter question in there. And sure. someone on Twitter, I didn't ask people if I could use their name, so I guess I won't use their name. Although you know right. who you are, appreciate a good question. So let's just call him Chris K on Twitter wants to know, can you ask Nick if the ch- if this is changing the structure of Afinor and his focus? So not at all. Just, not at all. No, so, let me but, let me let me answer that with a really good 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 answer. Um, my focus, remember one thing. My focus is to get Afinor's technology being used. And for me to become the chairman and a player in the tobacco industry, it is merely to get Afinor's equipment into the marijuana industry where it belongs and into the tobacco seedling game and into the pharma game. And I'm going to be able to do that at arm's length because the people that are surrounding Afinor right now um, don't want to be necessarily associated with the marijuana industry, but they love the technology and they want to be involved. And I want to, uh, but me, me being me, there's a job to be done for the marijuana industry, and I want to do that job for the cigarette because it's just so goddamn obvious what needs to be done. I can't leave it on the table. I have to do that too. <laughs> Does that make any sense at all? I feel like a slave to, to the public market. Like somebody's got to do this. I can't watch this anymore. So what do you say to everyone in the cannabis industry, especially in this country, you know, who have been fighting – uh, legislation for 15, 20 years and think that Schedule 2 is just going to come in and crush everything they've worked for for 15 or 20 years and, and small businesses and trying to keep the money out of the hands of, of pharma and big tobacco and liquor? 
I don't know that they're going to necessarily strip it all away, okay? And listen to me. My heart goes out to those. I respect those activists. Tommy Chong, Snoop Dogg. These are some pretty goddamn idolizing people and many others uh, that, that, that I respect a lot. And I never put myself out there like they did. I sat back and I kind of hid behind the curtain like many others. So I have much respect for them. But on the other side... The market's going to do what the market's going to do, folks. It's not that Nick's driving the market this way. I'm just, when everybody turned right, the whole herd went that way. I went, wait a second, this is a declining market. I know enough about the stock market to know that, that it's all supply and demand. Don't forget, I'm a farmer, right? I grow vegetables. I know what happens when you produce too much of something, okay? And everybody starts to produce it. There's a glut. There becomes a glut of it on the market. And in California, there's a glut. And in Colorado, things are slowing down. They're not reporting the right numbers. And I just find it unfair to the investor. And, and though the public companies are reporting the right numbers, but it seems like the media is kind of keeping it a little bit hyped out. Um, and I, I, I get it. But I would suggest for the folks that have been activists, you know, you are activists for a reason. Was it that you truly believed that you wanted marijuana to be legalized or was it for your personal wealth? I'm a capitalist, a social capitalist that likes to <laughs> make money. And, and I'm not an activist, but the time now is here for capitalists and capital to step in and do certain things to support the activists. And hey, if Tommy Chong or or perhaps um, any other celebrity that has a brand that they want me to help them launch, hell, I might even fund it for them. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not, my door is wide open for everybody. How can I help? I just want a service with all the ability and growth knowledge and plant physiology and engineering and, you know, physics and whatever else you need me to do. If it's pharma. So what are you doing with many right now? Companies. Like, what are you doing right now? Like, I know you're working on strawberries and this technology can also be used for cannabis. Are you currently a growing cannabis for any companies or for Athenor no. themselves? I think so because you can't touch it. No, we're not. So, if, so you, know, you can Google back, you can Google back to the year 2000, Nick Bruce tour power grow system. I've been growing cannabis and been in that industry a long time. Two things that I've built and designed, I'm not going to mention the companies just out of respect for them, but there's been right. two times where I've been on the cover of high times magazines with things that I have built for people. And, you know, I'm breaking. <laughs> just to be able to say that and, and I, I was on the high times, times cover a couple of times. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Really? Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I don't mean not me, but things that I built for people. Um, and, uh, you know, the, 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 I just, I want to service the industry. And I want people to understand that at some point, the tobacco and the alcohol players are going to want to import product as an import-export. And when it goes class two, the laws are going to change. So, you know, I can get weed out of Mexico for 50 cents a gram. And here's the other problem that I got as a tobacco industry. Yeah, but that, that's not. That you're, you're a farmer. Listen, wait, because you're a farmer. You know that that's not how it works with farming. Or at least I don't believe that's how it works. You could grow you, – you know, they grow strawberries in Mexico, 
but you can't buy strawberries from Mexico and bring them into the United States, or is that you just can't put them in schools and stuff like that? Because I know I, I invested in a company no. one time had this technology that could do a bloodless AIDS test, and they bought tainted strawberries from Mexico and lost all of their money. No, that would be, I'm just talking about producing in Mexico. I'm not suggesting, I mean, microbial testing and systems and replicated data with our systems are, 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 are achievable. So the control oh, is there, the control measures. It's not, you know, I'm not talking about growing fields and fields of the stuff in Mexico. I'm talking about doing it in Mexico where everything is cheaper. And there's countries around that are going to, there's many countries that are quite sophisticated that can produce it with a much lower labor cost. And now the other thing is, here's the deal. Your country is very close to a state of emergency for agriculture, for water. Um, You know, you think the government's going to allow everybody to just spend it all on weed, growing weed? I don't think so. And especially when, if you've got to start paying a dollar a liter Here's, here's the problem. I'll give you here a little example, just a little eye-opener for North Americans. California, most amazing fertile growth. It's the salad bowl of the world, okay? The whole world depends on California. California's been shipping a gazillion pounds of lettuce and spinach and herbs and strawberries and everything every day. Gazillions of pounds. Well, 50, 60, 75, 100 years goes by, and they're wondering where all their water went. Well, guess what? As you were thinking you're selling us a head of lettuce, you sold us your water. All the water is gone because it's been displaced and shipped all over the world with less what's been consumed there. Okay? Even that's been sent over. That's called water displacement. And, 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 it's, and I'm, I want to help the situation with technology and support, uh, uh, you know, fundamental change, which is desperately needed in all facets. And I do not see the United States government allowing you guys to use the rest of your water to grow weed. I'm sorry. And I have to bring that point up because I'm a true ag guy. And these are serious agriculture questions. Absolutely. That's a great point, Nick, which kind of brings me to another question I had um, just in regards to, your technology and, you know, I've heard you kind of talk about the goals of, of feeding the world and, you know, getting your technology out to, you know, different countries across the continent, across the world. I'm sorry. Um, have you been in talks with any other uh, countries or any big companies, major players in other countries who are looking into this technology? We are in the midst of negotiations with many countries and many big players. Right? And I'm trying hard not to get myself Nick. put in jail with, 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 yeah, with insider some- or anything. But I can tell you, we are working on I'm not asking. No, I was just going to say we're huge overseas. Because that's like, we're dealing with lots of countries and lots of companies. Yeah, we're big in Germany, in case you didn't know. Yeah. Well, we are, we are, no, no, you're, that's, that's exactly what the plan is at some point. Uh, We're building BC out at present. We'll be, you know, uh, doing a, uh, announcing, I guess, that we're digging and starting construction at some point here any day. Um, and, um, you know, we're, we're, you know, we've been 
reached out to by, let's just say, some very large corporations and funds out of around the world that are very interested in positioning. They see us now as the future. And, I mean, what do you think it's going to take? What do I got to do? I got to close a $10 million deal, another one over here or there, before everybody starts waking up and understanding that Nick's not full of shit. You know what I mean? Dude, and the I reality think- is, is everybody's going to learn. They're going to learn, and they're going to see um, – from what I've said, take a look at the water issues. Look at the big picture for Christ's sakes. The herd is running left. I'm going right. And that's the way it's going to be because I believe that it's going to turn into a farming product. Left definitely isn't working, Nick. So I'm glad there's people out there like Nick Brusator who's willing to go right when everyone else is going left because you definitely are trying to fix some shit that absolutely needs fixing. So, and man, I feel like I, I feel bad because I feel like we just scratched the surface here. And uh, so I just want to give you a couple of minutes because I know we talked about C71 and we talked a little bit about, you know, what you're doing with vertical growing. Just give listeners who are potential or current investors a little bit of an update on Affinor Growers because I don't want that to not happen before we have to move on to the next guest. Sure. Well, Affinor is, is uh, you know is in negotiations right now with a number of uh, large corporations. Okay, um, Affinor is a 10% owner of the facility that we're about to build here in Abbotsford for strawberries. Um, there's a lot of um, things underlying and behind this facility that are going to come out into the, the the news realm. We're just being very cautious because we have to protect these some of these these giants, um, they are, you know, uh, they're particular about their IPs and their information of their companies. And I, I like to give them the complete respect, uh, as because when they do finally step in, this company is, 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 is going to be a wonderful company that's going to service a lot of industry flowers. I mean, bedding plants, flowers, seedlings, tomato seedlings, pepper seedlings, cucumber seedlings, marijuana, um, replication data. It's all modular. It's all stainless steel. You can grow it in regions and put them on cement slabs right outdoors and they become actual plant growers through irrigation pumps and it all drains through the slab into underground into the tanks. But if it rains, they actually become rain catchers too. So they're made of 100% stainless steel. Uh, you know, roughly uh, in Canada, they produce about five grand a month each tower in revenue. They cost about thirty-five grand a piece, or thirty grand, or something. I think they run on. Affinor's going to run on a disclosed profit margin to the giants, so that we're straight up because we want the technology deployed. We'd prefer to work on a royalty program and a licensing program, and be a disclosed margin, so people understand that you know we're making our money and we're doing very well. But you know, um, uh, it's in check. It's not like we're trying to be be crazy about things, um, and. Uh, you know, we're looking for a very large uh, corporation. We're not too much into any mom and pop stuff. Um, and Go big and I think Affinor is going to be the they're going to be the company in the future. I just want to say one more thing that I think people should probably understand in the marijuana markets. Just remember one thing, folks. If I could use this as my closing statement, um, you got it. If you're going to when class two comes and you've surrounded yourself around selling a blunt, a fatty, a spliff, a rolled joint, any terminology that's under a rolled contraband, you better save 
all the money, at least 50% of it, in taxes because when they assess you and label you a cigarette company, you're going to pay federal cigarette tax. And if you're not prepared, they'll assess you. And they will assess you oh, and charge you and put you out of business because you're not a federal a cigarette sure. company. There's two taxations, folks, stars and cigarettes. If it's rolled, just remember that. I'll and it makes sense. Time. I mean, you said there was a cigar company who thought they were going to get away with it. Primetime tobacco, they ended up having to pay the cigarette tax. So cannabis people are going to get lumped into the same category. So that's crazy to make sense. The law says so. The law says so. And Nick, Already just one more cool. question for the, uh, the cannabis sure. grow nerds before, uh, before you leave us. Um, just curious, with your technology, um, as far as you know, per light, per wattage, per square foot, meter squared, however you're working it, what kind of yields have you been seeing with your technology? And at what percent well, have the THC cannabinoids? Well, well, the percent of THC uh, largely is based on the strain um, and the lighting. I mean, you know, all of the growth protocols. But let me explain something to you. If you were to build a four full tower system because it's for seismic, for earthquake proof, that's all engineered, the lights are right in the center of four towers. So 10 1,000 watt bulbs, 1,000 watts at every bulb. It services four towers in a greenhouse. So the light utilization is amazing. You're going to get a pound and a half is my estimate based on my 20 years of growing pot. You're going to get a pound and a half per level per machine. So there's 10 levels. So you're going to get 15 pounds per machine in 600, 600 square foot footprint. You're going to get 15 pounds. You're going to get 60 pounds every two months if they're jumped from a clone in a hundred in 600 square feet, 60 pounds, two months. Uh, I'm watching Jordan. Jordan's brain's just doing math as I'm you're just talking. Calculations as you talk, but um, <laughs> yeah, at, at a first glance, that's uh, it's very impressive. I would I would love to see that technology utilized for those purposes. By the way, Nick, you're talking one more thing, to one more quick thing, just real smart thinking here, because like we design around engineering and around energy and around you know, uh, utilizing things. If you go down further, you get to the equator and you get into Arizona, southern parts of Arizona, you're getting into all year 12-hour light cycles. If you were to veg the plants very quickly indoors in controlled environments and move them into greenhouses with a special greenhouse that I'm pretty sure I can put together uh, that will that, that will combat the 120-degree temperature, um, you will have a standard high-energy radiated fruiting cycle all year in the greenhouse. And trust me, folks, you're never going to produce weed cheaper than that, and it'll be 50 cents, a buck a gram. All I'm saying is I want to roll it for you, and if you're a federal producer in Canada, we want to roll it for you. We want to package it for you, brand it for you, and send it back to you, and you sell it the way you need to sell it right now. All I say is, when class two hits, the government may make some of these LPs just apply for a federal cigarette skew so that they're in the skew for the taxational purposes. Because I'm pretty sure that Molson breweries, I'm looking at uh, drinks coming in from the U.S. as well. We're looking at right now, a uh, big one. And, um, uh, you know, you get your big breweries here and they're going to be wanting their own brands. So 
Our, we're open for business pretty soon. The, the, the new company will be very well publicized, I'm sure. And, and, uh, and trust me, folks, it's all about Affinor. That's my baby. Don't forget that. Check them out. On the OTC, there are SSSS in Canada. They're AFI. He is Nick Brusator. Affinor Growers, check him out on Twitter at nbrusator, B-R-U-S-A-T-O-R-E. If you're into farming, into growing, into cannabis, he's a guy you should be following because he really is an expert when it comes to growing. So we need more Nick Brusator in the future, Nick. This is your second time on. Hope to have you back on for a third time as we can talk more about Affinor Growers. Uh, and really get deeper into C71, especially understanding next time how that's going to affect the U.S. So, Nick, really appreciate you coming on and uh, look forward to having you back in the future. Thanks, Nick. Right on. Thank you, guys. I appreciate your time. And thanks for the opportunity to speak to your country and mine. Always good to talk to you, Dick. Have a good night. That is Nick Brusator of Affinor Growers. Now let's go to our next guest. Believe this is going to be my man, NJ Weedman, Ed Forshian. How are you tonight, Ed? Oh, I'm all good. I'm all good. How are you, how are you and your audience doing tonight? So we're good now because we're past. So we're at the point in the show where we can all kind of sit, sit back and breathe deep because we're past the stock part. And now we're just on to the pot part of Pot Stock Radio. And we've got one of my favorite people in the world to talk to. Now, partially because I'm from New Jersey and I've seen the van driving down 55. I've seen the van on 295. It looks like Scooby-Doo's van with weed all over it. And then you see a guy driving it who's got dreadlocks, doesn't give a shit who's driving next to him. You're a maniac, Ed Forshian. What made you decide to become NJ Weedman? Uh, in the beginning, it was just a it was a gimmick to uh, enlighten my jurors. I wanted my jurors to know who I was. When I got arrested, this was in 1997. I got arrested, and by springtime. Uh, I had my whole plan, and I was going to do this whole jury nullification thing. But I had no money to reach the masses. But if I had this gimmick, and everybody has a gimmick from from uh, 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 James Brown and his dancing to Michael yeah. Jackson to, uh, you just need a gimmick, and that's how I looked at it. Like, You're finding your you moonwalk. Know? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I did moonwalk, but, but you know, that's uh, moonwalk by smoking moon rocks, weed. But, <laughs> on the moon. Yeah, but, but I needed a gimmick, and calling myself New Jersey weed man and publicly advocating the legalization of marijuana brought the press running. And, and I have to tell you, you know, I was 20 years ago now, 19 years now that since I've been a weed man. And in the beginning I was like a zero and now I'm a bona fide hero. Um, you are a hero, dude. But as but a New Jersey, fun. you are looked at as a hero, my man. Oh yeah. Like, you know, you know, I used to ride. Uh, the van you saw was actually like yeah. my third or my fourth one. Back then, in '97, I had that was my second one, and um, I used to get the finger when I used to ride around. Um, it wasn't as elaborate as the last one you saw. It was it was it was black, all black Chevy G G20 van with um, uh, like it had a couple weed leaves on it. And it had placards that I would put on when I wanted to be weed man. I would take them off when I didn't want to be. 
you know, um, and that was 1998, 1999 during those years. And I don't know, the van you saw was was from 2008, and it was Weedmobile number four. And I used to tell people all the time, I was like, wait a minute, if Batman has a Batmobile, we can't to drive. <laughs> only sitting in the van has a Weedmobile. Right. And, and people used and you, to be like, man, dude, you have, you have some big balls. And cops would pull me over. Sometimes they would laugh. And all of them weren't being dicks, you know. Um, right. Sometimes right. they would laugh. Sometimes they would be like, like, are you the guy from the from the Internet, from the website? You know, stuff like that. And it would be cool. But every now and then you got some, some boneheads. And as you probably already know, maybe your audience doesn't know it, but I ran into some boneheads right here in Trenton, New Jersey, in the last year. Okay, and no. What happened? Do you know what the, happened? You don't know the story. You don't know the story. A little bit, but I'm just teasing, like I don't know, because I want the audience to hear it, though. Well, well, I need to tell your audience to go online and Google the Weed Mobile. Just Google Weed Mobile. You can put New Jersey or my last name in it too, if you want. But you have to see the image to understand what we're talking about. But anyway, the Trenton, New Jersey Police Department seized my weed mobile, claimed that they were seizing it as part of asset forfeiture, gave me some paperwork and everything, told me that I had to wait for an asset forfeiture hearing to go try to claim my van back. But in the meantime, they took it to an impound yard and said it was abandoned. And the impound yard waited about 30 or 40 days, took the rims and stuff out of it and stripped it, and crushed it into a into a cube, and that's the story of the weed mobile. They crushed it, and they crushed they, it. They, they crushed Did they it. find any pot in it or anything? Like they confiscated no. it without finding any contraband or? No, they didn't like it. I I I rode that that weed mobile around here around Trenton, New Jersey. I harassed the governor in it. I parked it. You know, directly across the street from City Hall at my at, at my uh, restaurant across the street from City Hall, and it, it became an irritant. And you know, when they have power, this is the week of the with you smoking the joint with the uh, with the cape and the uh, superhero costume on. Yep, that's that's Uncle Sam, and I'm blowing smoke in Uncle Sam's face. Uncle <laughs> Sam, awesome, love the crow. I mean, my my uh, one of my. Uh, favorite slogans has always been fuck the law, smoke it anyway. And <laughs> that is the image of me blowing smoke in Uncle Sam's face. That's it. Fuck the law. Smoke it anyway. And um, yeah, but certain certain law enforcement really believe in the war on drugs and their drug war czars and heroes and warriors and and my van was a was a slap in their face. And you know, now, now I have to tell you now Sometimes when you fight a war or you fight a battle, sometimes the other side gets a punch in on you. And I tell you, them taking my van and crushing my van was, was uh. a good, good shot. They got me. That hurt. I, I really felt it. But, you know, the long run is this. I'm going to win a lawsuit, and I'm going to get that money back. I have a lawyer and everything. So I'm going to get – there's going to be a day that you're going to read and see the new weed mobile has emerged. People are already volunteering and offering me. Yeah, people are, are volunteering and offering me uh, vans 
a young lady out in western Pennsylvania just offered me one a couple of days ago. I just have to go get it, and I might actually go get it. There's a guy, I, there several artists told me that they would repaint it, and just uh, 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 two days ago, a guy who does raps contacted me and said that that, that he would wrap it and he would make it look like a, 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 a fresh painting, like it would look like a picture, not not like a painting. And he says that he'll do a great job, and all he wants to do is get some advertisement. He wants us to do a video and do a and do an ad or a commercial or something for him that he can put on TV. So I told him, no well, I, problem. That, that feeds my ego, too. <laughs> well, with, with, with all these people, you know, offering things and trying to help, I would like to call Shotgun. I would like to say, when you get Weedmobile number five, I'd like to sit front seat and one finger pass back and forth to Ed Forshian for, like, a couple of exits on the turnpike. <laughs> so... No problem, man. I'm down with that. No problem. I got to be honest with you, though, Ed. I'm, don't get me wrong. I think cops are dicks for taking your van and crushing it when they just didn't like it and, and there wasn't really anything you were doing wrong. But I'm surprised you didn't get messed with more than you did just because Jersey cops are, are rough sometimes. So I'm surprised that you got not away with it because you weren't doing anything wrong, but I'm surprised that stuff like that didn't happen on Weedmobile number two. I'm surprised it was four that they crushed. <laughs> so. Well, actually, Weedmobile number two got more problems than anyone. And it wasn't even, like I said, it wasn't as elaborate as number four was or number three. But number two, that was the first one. The first, that was, and, I, and the reason why I say that was because in the mid-'80s, the early-'80s, because I'm, I'm 52, a lot of people don't realize it, but I'm like 50-something years old. When I was in my young 20s, I had a Ford Echelon van. Like, all my buddies had cars. I had a van. I always liked vans. So yeah. we all called it the Weedmobile because we rode around, like, puffing stuff all the time. Like, that was the first Weedmobile. All my friends that are my age, my, my, young, my friends from when I was in my 20s, they all remember my Weedmobile. Uh, that, was the, that was the car. I mean, you know, we'd go, we'd go to parties. And we were doing two things, smoking weed and trying to pull the bed out, screw girls, you know? I love it. <laughs> Still doing the same uh, thing at 52. I love it. Yeah. Man, uh, not so much with the girls anymore, but, you know, I'm still, I'm no. still, uh, I'm still uh, you know, smoke it out. <laughs> Here's the difference, though, Ed. Here's the difference. Now at 52, you're just still NJ Weed, man, and now the girls are coming to you going, hey, can we go in your van? Instead of you in your 20s trying to convince them, hey, I'm the NJ Weed, man, come in my van with me. So you, you, you See, definitely you know, I I know that there are people out there that may not want to hear these stories, so I'm not going to go into some of those stories. But I tell well, you, dude, I do. I just watched all the weed. I just watched eight minutes of you in the Playboy Mansion. Ed, give us give us the goods. Oh, on the Playboy. Oh, well, oh yeah. I mm. um, you know that was an amazing day. Did you watch that whole video I sent you? Of course. I was like, let me watch the first 30 seconds of the video Ed sent me, and there I was eight and a half minutes later watching girl after girl with <laughs> painted boobs coming from the street. Yeah, this is when, when I was in L.A., and um, I ran into this guy named Dave Pierce. He was like this movie guy, and he was he was trying to pitch me for some reality show. 
And for for about two months, he was like my best friend. Like he he wanted to hang with me, and we and and he had all these Hollywood connections. I mean, I was I was hanging out with um, Cuba Gooding was his buddy, so I went to Cuba Gooding's house smoking weed. Uh, uh, you saw I was with um, Don Juan, the pimp. Um, yeah, yeah, we were together. Um, uh, uh, what's what's the guy that owns the Bunny Ranch? The the, the big the big guy. Oh, the big guy. heavy dude, the the bald headed guys, and like, yeah. yeah, I forget his and name, yeah. but I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, for like yeah. for like two months, like I was hanging with these guys all the time, and um and Ron Jeremy, um like and it's and funny. one night we're like let's go to the Playboy Mansion, and that's where we ended up, and that was that video of at, at the You're Playboy like, Mansion. I would have said that. I would have said that three days ago if I knew that was an option, if we could just say, let's go to the Playboy Mansion and we're there. <laughs> so yeah. and, and watching the beginning of the video, and in my mind I'm thinking, at first, my first thought was, I wonder if Ed tried to smoke weed there and if they gave him shit about it. And then five seconds later, I'm like, wait, I'm just going to wait until Ed's smoking pot because I don't think he goes anywhere, including like the state building without smoking a joint first. And then I see you light up in the Playboy Mansion. Anyone give you any flack? No. Matter of fact, I, that was why I was there. I was the weed man. And people thought it was oh, funny. Were- and I, I, I was hanging with, with, with dudes that I, I brought the weed. And that's what happened with, with me and Ron Jeremy and that other guy. I can't remember his name right now, the tall guy. Um, I, I can remember at some point they got my phone number. And every time they would go hang out somewhere, they would call me. Like, I can remember one day they were at the Roosevelt Hotel. And, bam, Ron Jeremy calls. I go hang out with them. Yo, I don't know if you know this about Ron Jeremy, but everywhere everywhere Ron Jeremy goes, women want to give him a blowjob. No and shit. And he looks I, like I, me in 20 yeah. years. Isn't good. Yeah. And, bald and, and, and yes. So, so I can remember this is where the thing, but, and he would always, like, call me up to, like, come bring weed, and I'd come hang out with him, and this, that, and the other, and like I said, some chick would always walk, wander up to us, and he'd end up walking off to the bathroom or something, and boom. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest thing ever. But I need friends. Now, like, all my friends call me when they need pot, but they don't go, hey, could you come over because I need pot, and I got all these girls that want to give me all these blowjobs. That I don't want to... That's a good well, friend to have there, Ed Fortune. Yes. That 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 was that was me hanging out with Ron Jeremy was like that. But I have I have a similar problem, but not not like that. I mean, he has a greater problem, a better problem than I do. But I have the problem where I call myself weed man. Everywhere I go, people think I have weed. I always have to smoke weed with people. People get mad at me if they ask if I want to smoke, and I say no. And you're like, Nah, I'm good. Yeah, and they're like, Oh, dude, man, that's messed oh, up, they want man. Your weed, you don't man. like me. <laughs> You know, right. so I know you've got it, I, I weed man. Right. All the time with people that I see your eyes. Yeah, it's, it's 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 amazing. But Ron Jeremy has a has a has a worse problem. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. a worse problem that's hard for anyone to think is bad. So so now going back from the Playboy Mansion, which was awesome to watch, back to your your legal issues. So I know you're huge on the words. If anyone follows NJ Weedman and they don't know the words jury nullification, they're not really following. Explain to people what that means and what you're doing to try to make everyone understand that exists. 
Well, jury nullification is a uh, is a doctrine that goes back in old English common law, all the way back to uh, basically around 1670 with the William Penn case. And to make it real short, basically what came out of the William Penn case where he was prosecuted for sedition, he was prosecuted for practicing illegal religion, and he represented himself and he argued to the jury the law was wrong and not him. And the jury found that he was, and they said not guilty. And the king at the time put the jurors in jail and didn't feed them and uh, only gave them bread and water until they came back with a verdict that was one that the king liked. Yes. Yeah. Well, they held out and they they stood their ground, and ultimately, um, it was ruled that that a jury is empowered to judge a law, and they don't have to rubber stamp the law either. So that concept was called jury nullification. That's the short version. And you know, not only did William Penn come to America, Landon. Philadelphia, Penn's Landing, the state, the colony was named after him, Pennsylvania. But he brought the concept of jury nullification here, too. Um, It came across all our laws in America are based on old English common law, and even our First Amendment, our Fourth Amendment, our Fifth, Sixth, and Seventh Amendment can all uh, be traced back to William Penn. If you ask me, he was the greatest colonist of all, not not George Washington or any of those, the founding fathers that we know of. It was William Penn. He brought the legal system here. The legal system is pretty much still in place, even though it's been beaten up a lot lately. But that jury nullification means that a jury can judge a law as well as the facts. A jury can utilize its own conscience to render a verdict. So... I can remember when I first learned about your, about William Penn. Actually, I was about 12 years old, and I was on a trip with my mom. And my mom, I somehow I asked my mom who the statue was on top of the city hall in Pennsylvania. And my mom told me it was William Penn. I asked her, why is he famous? And she made me do a book report on it. And this was like, I was like 12 years old, 11 or 12. And I remember writing and all about this. You know, my mom used to make us do book reports all the time at home. So I did this book Good report job, on William mom. Penn. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the amazing thing is that book report, that question, who's that on top of the top of City Hall, has helped me, like, 30 years later tremendously. So, so, the jury, so, so jury nullification, well, I can remember when I first read it, like I said, I was about 12 years old. I see it. I kind of understood it. And I was like, wow, so if I kill somebody one day, I can just get on my knees and just cry to the jury. I'll never, ever do it again. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And if there's one person on the jury who feels that way, they can let me go, which is actually what just happened down in um, uh, South Carolina, by the way. But anyway, by the way, you thought that, and you're a good person because you didn't kill anybody. You just used it for weeks. Right. So good job. Exactly. <laughs> good. So so this is this is how I thought. So when I got arrested in 1997 on the uh, – I was got caught shipping 40 pounds of marijuana from Arizona to New Jersey. I remembered jury nullification. I remembered William Penn, and that was my thing. I was going to cry and beg and boo-hoo to the jury. And for three years, from 1997 to 2000, until my trial actually happened, that's what I did. 
That's when I got the weed mobile. That's when I started calling myself NJ Weedman. Started running for Congress, and I formed the Legalized Marijuana Party. Like I just came on the scene, like bam. And like I said, I used to get the finger and stuff like that at uh, in in, in, in the late 90s. Thumbs up. Yeah, now I get a thumbs up, and people are pulling me over, trying to smoke smoke a bowl with me. Well, listen, know? it's it's a different world though, Ed, too, because I've been an advocate. You know, I was a member of Normal back in like 1993 as a senior in high school, but it was thought of then as just totally a drug. No one believed there was any good to it. We've seen right. since 97 to 2007 to 2017, no, and a lot of because of people like you. No one can deny anymore, and now it's more accepted. So I think it's partially that you've just become more known as it's become more accepted. Yes, yeah, yeah, that, I, I do believe that. Uh, like here, How here much? in New Jersey, I like just recently, I ran for Congress uh, in the 12th district. I did nothing. I didn't go around doing anything. I didn't campaign nothing. I just simply got my name on the ballot. I came in third out of seven candidates. And you still got a 2% vote, right? 2% vote. Better than Gary Johnson did for president. Good job, Ed Forshawn. Yeah. And and, and the funny thing is, like, you know, for where I'm I'm located, I'm located in Trenton, New Jersey. The mayor of Trenton became the mayor two years ago, and he got 3,000 votes. 3,020 votes is what he got. 3,029 votes. I just got 5,437 votes, and I didn't even try. So you know what I'm setting my sights on? I'm setting my sights on being the mayor of Trenton in two years. <laughs> it would make me so happy. And speaking of politics, you know, a lot of people who know your name have seen it next to Governor Christie's name. So we haven't talked to you in a while. Give me your take on Governor Christie now. Uh, 2016 into 2017, and now that he may or may not be working with Donald Trump, the president of the United States. Well, I think he's going to end up in the Trump administration somewhere. He's not. I don't think he's going to get a cabinet post. I don't think he's, we know he's not going to get the Attorney General, which is what everybody thought he was going to get. Not the cabinet. Frigier. He's not going. Yeah, he's not going to get one of the, one of the, one of the cabinet posts. But I'm pretty sure that he's going to tap him to do something, whether it's just working in the Justice Department somewhere. What if they pick him to be a judge? What if Donald Trump appoints him to be a Supreme Court justice? Like, he is a lawyer. We're all like, you have to read yeah. Like, like, yeah, so why? So don't, don't get your don't – get, uh, don't get excited that he's not going anywhere. I think he is going somewhere, and Donald Trump seems to have – if there's one good thing about the crazy man – is he seems to be very loyal to people who are loyal to him. So he does. I I have a feeling that he's gonna he's gonna end up in Washington or on a on a federal court somewhere, whether it be in in, in Washington with like the, 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 the first district court there or or one of the appellate courts somewhere. Uh or and now it, let's see he could be an NSA lawyer too. Uh the national security uh administration lawyer too they're a pretty powerful bunch too let's be greedy ed as a new jerseyan do you think that would be good or bad for our state as it relates to medical recreational legal cannabis in any way him not being here it's going to be extremely bad if he gets into the administration somewhere he influences against it because you know he's against it as far as here in the state of new jersey 
Well, he's been, besides obstructing bridges and blocking doorways with his girth, he's been... Eating MMs. Yeah, he's been obstructing uh, uh, marijuana legalization in this state. There's there's a consensus among the Democrats in the state that they're going to legalize it, and there's quite a few um, uh, uh, Republicans that, that are down. So legalization would occur if he wasn't here. But since he's promised everyone, no matter what they do, I don't want my killed. watch. Yeah, so it, 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 he's timed it. He's, he's killed it here in uh, New Jersey. But everyone's waiting for him to leave. I mean, uh, the, the politicians in the state of New Jersey are all lining up. They, there's two or three different uh, uh, politicians who all have their different bills ready for to, 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 um, to present when the opportunity comes, the opportunity being when he's gone. Um, even the lieutenant governor, uh, Kim Guadagno, who's a Republican, she said a couple positive things about uh, medical marijuana herself. So, you know, even if she is, I don't think a, a, a Republican is going to get elected in New Jersey this next shot. People are like really... Not after Christie. I think he wrecked it for the next Republican. Well, you know, I thought he wrecked it for the Republicans nationally. I thought Trump wrecked it for the Republicans nationally. Yeah, no nationally but look what happened, man. I'm still I'm still in shock over that. I think the world I'm turned upside down. Yeah, things that I thought were stupid, I guess, were smart. Things that I nah. thought were asinine, were genius. I don't know what to say. I mean, Me things either. that I thought were conspiracy, My conspiracy nut shit, turns out to be yeah, believed by so many people. I mean, look at the Podesto things, the Podesto emails. People really think that, I mean, me, myself, I think it's wackery, it's gibberish, it's what about about this sex yeah. scandal. But look at how many people believe it to the point that even some dude came from North Carolina and went to Washington, D.C. and was shot up a pizza shop over it yesterday or whatever that was. Mm. Like, it's unbelievable. So, I, I don't know, my world is all, my world's been upside down since the election. Like, I really don't know what I thought was up and right turned out to be down and wrong. <laughs> so, Me too, but listen, but now you mentioned food, and you mentioned a pizza place getting shot up, but it made me think of the joint. So people who are listening, you're talking to someone who's not only an advocate, not only NJ Weed Man, but also owns a – I don't want to call it a restaurant. I don't want to call it a church. I want you to define what the joint is in Trenton across from the state's Capitol building. Well, it's all three because I incorporated it as a church, as a temple, and it's basically okay. three buildings all tied together, all linked together with inner, inner doorways. And the whole thing is called the Liberty Building to the far left uh, has a restaurant in it. So we call that NJ Weed Man's Joint. And we sell okay. good, healthy food, stuff like that. It's called the joint. You know, it's a big joint on the outside. And, People, everyone thinks I'm selling weed in there or I'm selling weed food, but I'm not. It's just healthy right. food. Uh, okay. It's just NJ Weed Man getting his yeah. image out there and selling food. Exactly. I mean, you know, over the years, hey, I, I've developed a little following, you know. I'm kind of famous, so, yeah. hey, I, why not, you know. I Listen, if Mickey Mano and uh, uh, Lawrence Taylor and all these, these uh, sports stars, you know, after they're done being sports stars, they all open restaurants, so. Why not? Nope. <laughs> um, in the middle. I go to Shula's. I go to Miami. Yeah. I go to Shula's. 
why not when I go to New Jersey, I go to the joint. So I like exactly. it. Real quick, Ed, exactly. I started following you through uh, seeing you through a, a Philly Swain video. Um, can oh, you yeah. touch base on? That? Yeah, I I met Philly Swain. Uh, when was that? I forget. You know, I think it was 2002, 2003. I got locked up for making videos. And I made these videos. And while I was locked up, I met him. And he was, he was you know, I, I ultimately won my case um, on a writ of habeas corpus. A federal judge ordered me released. Um, it was a violation of my right to free speech to be there. <clears throat> but he was there on some. The videos, the videos of you blowing the joint smoke in the cop's face, correct? Yeah, yeah. At the beginning of one of those videos, yeah, I'm blowing the smoke in the, in the cop's face. That, that though, was from a protest that I was doing downtown Philly at the Liberty Bell. Um, that's okay. what that clip. That's what that clip was from. But as far as Philly Swain, yeah, I met him in jail when I was in jail on a, on like I said, a violation of my free speech. Um, but I went to L. And after I got released, I went to L. A. I helped him with his case. He had a case. I'm not going to go into details with his case, but he had a case where I had some advice for him. I gave him some advice. I thought that was the best thing to do. And he did it, and a few days later, he was released from jail. So he always kind of looked at me as like I helped him get out of jail. So I went out to L.A. I was doing pretty good. I was meeting people. I was doing I was doing very well. And uh, he came out to L.A., and um, we made a couple videos together. He got some deal with... Um, with some uh, music production company out there. But we made a couple good videos. I think one of them was called, um, oh, man, I can't remember the name of those videos now. My favorite was One Time. That was one that I got to see. Yeah, One Time. That was a good video. In fact, if you see that video, what he's singing about is is meeting me in jail and me helping him get out of jail. That's what he's singing about. How crazy is that? Um, You know, me and him had a falling out. Uh, after that, and we don't we don't communicate. Um, but eh, whatever, life is life, and that's just how it is. But those two videos, I think one of them I paid for, and one of them um, some other guy paid for. But since I was in both of them, I still, even though me and him don't speak anymore, I still post that video every once in a while. Um, and he and he is a talented guy. Take anything away from his uh his skills, he's he's a talented guy and all that. Um, I think his people skills need to be worked on because he bumps heads with me, and I'm a, I'm one of these guys that I get along with everybody. So cause yeah, he your heart is not like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So whatever. Um, but yeah, he's 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 pretty talented, and those are some pretty good videos. I do like those videos. Now you're gonna make me post them both on my Facebook page tonight. <laughs> just think so you make me think about it. Post them on njweedman.com, and then I have people go there. By the way, when they go there, I know one of the things always, if you got a couple of bucks and you're not in New Jersey where you can go to the joint and buy some food from Ed, kick a couple of bucks towards your legal fund because that's a constantly constantly growing battle to continuously try and keep a guy who's in a state that doesn't like pot, who's out there as the pot guy – out of jail. So, but I also saw you have an ebook. Is that correct? You wrote an ebook. Oh yeah, I, I actually have three books that are published. Um, Public Enemy Number Four Twenty. That's which what I, I saw. Published, yeah, I published that first in, in 2010, um, and then I revised it again. I think it was 2014. Um, 
Then there's uh, oh man, what's the third? The second book's name. The, the second book is a is really a uh, a comic book. It's a a, a, a storyboard. Um, and the third book is the politics of pot, Jersey style. Um, I, I talk about a particular case I had a couple of years ago in that. But if you go to Amazon and just put my last name in, all three books pop up. Just go to Amazon.com and bam, the books pop up. Very cool. So so last question I wanted to ask you about New Jersey. I hear talks, and I've been saying it for two and a half years now, that the only thing that can save Atlantic City is recreational pot. And now I'm starting to hear other people talking about it. Are you hearing that? Do you believe there's ever a chance of saving AC by making it yes. Denver, or do you think that's just people talking? No, I think it, I think it's a viable, but, but you know what? They missed the boat. I think if they had done it five years ago or six years ago, if you Google me in Atlantic City, I, I was saying it back in 1999, to be honest with you. But yeah. uh, it, it's, it's becoming – weed's going to become – nationwide legal, so why would you go to Atlantic City? Just like, I know people are flying to Denver right now, or yeah. going to Seattle, or going to L.A., but you know what? There's going to come a time soon that people are just going to go to their local area, you know? There's going to be a little vice area, a little red light district everywhere. Like, there's not going to be a need to go flying off somewhere, so I think if they had done it in Atlantic City five, ten years ago, sure, it would have been that Mecca, you know? Uh, it would have been that yeah. Las Vegas, like, like, look, I mean, that's what happened to Las Vegas. I mean, when Las Vegas first came in in the 30s and 40s, it was because it was, it was vice. It was sex. People yep. went there because yep. of the whole sex thing. And if and, and people were – because Denver was, like, the first major city, the, the the major city in the first state that legalized it, that's why all these people flocked to Denver. And all these, these, these uh, weed tours and all that stuff started developing. But, you know, I think they're going to – it's going to fall off. People aren't going to be traveling there if legalization occurs all over the country and you don't have pockets of it. I mean, that's what happens. I do agree. I do hear you there, but there is something to be said. Like, right, it used to be if you wanted to gamble, you went to Atlantic City. Well, now even in the tri-state area, if you're in Philly, why would you cross the bridge and go to Atlantic City? You can go to Parks Casino right up the street. The only way to get the tri-state area, even if it's for a short period of time, back to Atlantic City that I see is – recreational pot unless there's something unless they want to make prostitution illegal which <laughs> would open up way more uh gateway issues than making pot legal so. yep <laughs> but you uh, i don't know the the if you if you made it a a sex free zone or something like that yeah, you'd have it full of men, and there'd be a whole bunch of divorces from anybody who uh, <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> anybody who used their credit card to land city from their wives. <laughs> but yeah, those are only two things I think would save Atlantic City: sex and drugs, man, and yeah. and you know, weed, weed and sex, and you know, it's, the, the the weed is coming. All over the place. Good, because the sex down there. If you see the stripper, the uh, strippers and prostitutes in Atlantic City, it isn't sex that saves them. <laughs> there, there's one that's a four. The rest of them are twos. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know, that's because you get the streetwalker ones. Yeah, they're hurting. They're, New Jersey treats their uh, hookers uh, badly, but 
the call girl situation down Atlantic City is actually pretty good. The couple. No, you're right. Because I used to. Yeah, used to you, work you at casinos, get, and I would be yeah. like, "Oh, that girl's checking me out. Look at me looking good." And then I'd realize, "Oh no, she's a prostitute. She's now checking someone else out." They were yeah. hot inside the casinos where they just walk up to you when you're at the bar. They're the hot ones. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. The street the street walkers are horrible, but the uh, the inside the casino ones are the ones that are in the back pages of the magazines. Those are great. Now. Now, just like you go to Atlantic City, I mean, you go to Las Vegas. Las Vegas, though, streetwalkers look good. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. In Vegas, they're all hot. Yeah. Like, wait, you were an act- you should have been an actress, and you're walking the streets. So. Mm, we're never going to be Vegas. I know that. We're never going to be Vegas. Yeah. Well, uh, but it's just, like to, it's just like when you go to Los Angeles, and you'll be at, like, a Kroger's or whatever. You'll be at a supermarket, and it's like this this fair faucet lookalike. And you're like, wow, how come you're not in the movies? And it's because she tried, but she can't remember lines or whatever. So she's stuck on a cash register. You know, can't like, read. There's a hundred of them in Los Angeles. Yes. Yo, when I lived in Los Angeles, when I first got there, I was, I was, um, uh, single. So I can tell you, I can tell you this story. I used to meet these young ladies all the time. And you can spot them, just like a pimp will spot them. You'll see a young lady with a bag. We make it spot him too. Yeah, you just like you're like, what? Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Nebraska, or I'm from. Hey, I, I, and I really did say this a couple times. Like, come on, young lady, you need a place to stay. You can come on. You can stay at my crib. You can sleep on the couch until you're ready to climb in my bed. Use <laughs> <laughs> it on it. I remember. I remember saying that a couple times. Um, but you know. I mean that's just how it is. Los Angeles is like that. There, people flock to Los Angeles for for the movies, and everybody doesn't make it. And same thing happens with prostitutes or whoever or, or actresses and stuff. They just don't make it. They end up they end up at at the at the supermarket or the bartenders or or whatever. Well, we would like to be advocates for both marijuana and the prostitutes that just can't make it far enough. We'd like to help them in some way. Get them in. Make them butt tenders. Make them pretenders for Christ's sake. Yeah, there you go. Hey, you want to get a good laugh? Type in Always. NJ Weed Man and Prostitution. Oh, Type no. in, I already had Weedmobile written down. Now i got to write Prostitution next to oh. it. This is going to be a fun oh. Google search after we get it's done. It's going to be a ahead. funny one. Listen, <laughs> you know what? I it, This is from the 90s, but I was advocating for the legalization of Prostitution. Just please yeah. tell me I don't have to Google search Ed Fortion Prostitute Adam's Apple. No, 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 by someone who no, you no, thought was a funny. woman. Right. No, right, it's funny ahead. because I was advocating for the legalization of prostitution, and I was saying that I should be allowed to be a prostitute if I want. And then I had this picture okay. of this big, heavy set girl, and I'm saying, you know, like if she wants to pay to have sex with me, she should be allowed to. I may charge her a little extra since she's so big, but you know, whatever. But is it? It, it, it was it was actually a real posting. I like I was being serious when I posted that, but nothing ever leaves the internet. So if you type in NJ Weedman prostitution, yeah, probably pop up. I'm pretty sure it will pop up. Uh dude, not only are you an advocate for weed, but an advocate at one time for prostitution. So y- y- you're 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 for everything I'm for, Ed. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
Ed has got one uh, question about back of the temple in the joint. Um, I was asked to ask you if John is still whipping up the dank sweet potato fries. Oh yeah, yeah, John. John, uh, he's like the best cook ever. He's the best chef ever. We're trying to get him a reality show based on the cooking here too. By the way, Shh, don't tell nobody. It's still supposed to be a secret. But we're trying to get a, <laughs> get ourselves a a cooking show, a a TV show, a reality show um, here. That has uh, that features our restaurant and features John the chef. How does Vice not know about you? Why have I not seen you on Vice yet? You were just they, were you on Vice? I've been on Vice. I've been on Vice twice. Vice Shut is, the Vice, hell up! How did I miss that? Vice is coming here Monday. Vice Vice is coming here on Monday. Um, for uh, for uh, my they're covering my my court hearing on Monday. Um, oh, but shit. on Thursday. We have a a, a Skype um, conference call also on Thursday about future bigger and better things. So um, yeah, Vice knows about me. I can't let Good. I can't I can't spill the beans yet. And sometimes I That's feel right. yeah, but but things are in the works. That's all I can say. All right. Well, when you can spill the beans, you know where to come back and spill the beans too. So. Yeah. Hey, and then I'll say since you just what, mentioned the court case. Do you Go guys ahead. know? Do you guys know an actor named Michael Ham? Yep. Michael Ham. Uh, nope. Sorry, I, I was thinking John Ham, but I don't, I'm not sure if I know a Michael Ham. Michael Ham with two M's. Um, I don't know. I, I this. I, I don't know what. Ha- I, I, lately, I keep on getting these phone calls, and I got a phone call recently about about appearing with him in something, some Three Amigos type of thing, and they want me to be the black guy. So, I don't know. All I don't right. Know if that's <laughs> Come on, dude. Make me the weed guy, not the token black guy. At least make me the token weed guy. But, but you know? I mean, I was, being, I was being funny by saying that. But, yeah, that's what it is. I don't know. Somehow they're trying to team me up with this guy. I think he's a superstar. I kind of Googled him for a minute one day. But they're, they're, they, okay. and I'm going to be his they, – they kind of, like, was kicking around the idea of me being his sidekick, the weed man. You know, like wherever he goes, and somehow I'm always there. I'm like this with you, Ed. I'm like this. Do anything you can do. Like you're NJ Weedman, a character. So if people ask you to do stuff, even if it's, you know, somewhat crazy, just do it. Because the more people that know about you, it's hard to not find out about you and do some research without getting caught in the rabbit hole of NJ Weedman. So just get right. people to know you exist, let them do their own research, and they're going to mm-hmm. fall in love with you, dude. Because you are well, one of the most characters I know. So, <laughs> Well, that's kind of how that happened with these guys. They, they I don't know how... Uh, how it actually happened, but yeah, that's what happened. They started Googling me, and then they were like, dude, we need this guy. And I don't know how it's going to work out. I'm not an actor. I haven't been trained to be an actor, but I I think I could play a part as the weed guy. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. They're looking for the role of, like, think of Snoop in Half-Baked. NJ Weedman could have been the Snoop role in Half-Baked. So if they're looking for that role, you've got it, dude. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. Since you mentioned Snoop, there's one other thing oh. that just popped up too. Oh. Next week, you know Snoop Dogg has a magazine called Mary Jane, right? Mm-hmm. It's called Mary Mary Jane, M E R R Y Jane, Mary Jane. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, I'm the feature story in that. 
uh, on the 15th of December, this story comes out. And I'm the feature story. It's all about the joint right here in Jersey. That's what it's about. Dude, if you ever get Snoop in the joint, I think Christy might come over and uh, have a toke with him. So, damn, that would be awesome. When I hang up, I'm going to send you a video, man. You know where to send it. Uh oh. By the way, I've got a little Snoop connection too. Me and Snoop were almost business partners if his greedy management didn't get involved and poo-poo the deal. So I got. I actually hung out with Snoop in Atlantic City when he uh, had a concert there and hung out backstage with him and his whole crew, and then it went south about a month later. But love Snoop of all yeah, the celebrities yeah. out there. Um, he's the dude. I'm the same so, way. I've- I've tried. When I was in L.A., I repeatedly tried to think up the Snoop, and it never would work. His management kept me away, this, that, and the other. And recently, like I said, I recently, like, things just seem to be popping off. People are just, like, reaching out to me, you know. And uh, this story is basically a shout-out to Snoop, and apparently he knows about it. So I don't know what's going to happen with it. But, 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 but watch Mary Jane. I think it's... It's actually going to be a very good article, and it's going to explain me very well. It's going to explain how, uh, you know, I'm shouting out to uh, to celebrities to help me out. So eh, very we'll cool. Works out. But I'm going to send. I'm going to send you a. I'm going to send you a. I'm going to inbox you a a video, and you're probably yeah. going to you're probably Listen. going to post it on your website or instantly. I'll, <laughs> I'll watch it. I'll watch it right after I get done watching the Playboy Mansion video again. Then I go to the next Ed video after that. So, <laughs> All right. Check him out. If you're on Twitter, he's at NJ Weedman. Really support him on his website, NJWeedman.com. Kick a couple of bucks to help his uh, legal fund and support the joint in Trenton. Addresses 322 East State Street in Trenton, New Jersey, the Weed Man's Joint. Ed, come back again. Always enjoy having you on. And can't wait until you're the damn mayor of Trenton. <laughs> okay, man. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. And uh, to your listeners, man, definitely check it out and watch Mary Jane Magazine next week. Awesome. Ed Forshian, you know him as NJ Weed, man. Really check out his website. Support him as much as you can. He really is. When it comes to being an advocate, he's the real deal. And we are not going to have our third guest, Matt Myrna, who I went long with NJ Weed, man, because Matt texted me and said his health, he's got some serious, serious health issues. He's a guy who is was growing, not just for fun and recreational purposes. He's got fibromyalgia. He's got scoliosis. He's got many reasons why he, A, needs the medicine, and B, might not be feeling great at 930 to come talk to Potstock Radio. But we will have Matt on another show in 2017, so... What you guys think about Nick Bruce, Sator, and NJ Weedman? Both very interesting characters. About um, as different guests as we could have. Exact opposites. Yeah, yep. someone who has been fighting, you know, since '97, like the Weedman just said, for yeah. advocacy and you know everything that a lot of these people have stood for for thir- you know three decades. And another guy who's and, been growing since before anyone else knew there was something called vertical integration. Exactly, and um, you know, two very different aspects on the uses and benefits and reasons that it should be legal and when it will be. So 
Very interesting. So we had a good show tonight, and I believe, keep your fingers crossed, but it looks like our next show will be Riley Cote of Hemp Heels and Adam Scorgi together. Because Adam Scorgi is the guy you guys know of from the movies The Union and The Culture High, but he just made a really cool movie about the, the, the bruisers in hockey, the guys who go out and fight and, and muck for the good guys. The fighters, and he's going to come on to talk about both the union and his new movie. I forget what it was slipping my mind. I want to say it's Ice Avengers or something like that, but Riley Cote's in it. So it's perfect to have Adam and Riley on together. So that will be, I want to say it's January 7th after the first Monday is the day after New Year's. So no, I'm sorry. January 9th will be the next show, and it will hopefully be. Adam Scorgi along with Riley Kotag. So good shit, guys. I want everybody who's listening along with my co-hosts, Nick, KD, and Jordan to have an awesome Christmas. If you have any recommendations, any advice, or, or just uh, if you just want to shoot a word to Potstock Radio, it's Eric, E-R-I-C, at Potstock Radio. And follow us on Twitter at Potstock Radio. I am Potstock Eric. I will keep you up to date on the show there. And hopefully we can squeeze Matt Myrna in on the next show and hope he's feeling better. All right, guys. Peace out for 2016. See you in 2017. Going out with Rye Traders Potstock Radio intro. See you next year. Happy holidays. Drunk and stupid is no way to go through life. And that's how she wrote.